0: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.
1: And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. What a day. Tons of trades. Tons to talk about. So I'm so glad we are able to hook up with EJ Raddick from the NHL Network. You can see his show. NHL now from four to six Eastern and he's been all over the place with this trade deadline stuff tweeting a lot of great stuff about Meyer to the Devils and the situation with the Rangers and how are you buddy?
0: I'm good I'm good yeah yesterday was a very heavy phone day yesterday a lot going on I think I think the biggest service that I was able to provide for Devils fans was just letting them know that as they were waiting to see what the deal was going to be I was I was able to cipher that uh, that Garth and Mercer was not in the deal, and Devils fans were very concerned about that, as they should have been, because he's a really good player, but that was a deal breaker going back to the start of those negotiations, so uh, once I was pretty clear and pretty yeah. certain of that, I was able to tweet that out, and uh, Devils fans at least. Had kind a of sigh of relief if they believed what I was saying. Was yeah. I was Maybe they didn't. Who knows? But in the end, he wasn't part of it. And I guess the Sharks fans they were disappointed because they would have loved to have gotten Dawson Mercer. Was they say, is a good player?
1: Yeah, because I'll be honest with you, looking at it, it'd be a nice addition. It's it's completely different keeping Mercer because yeah, you're you're getting better. But Mercer's got 18 goals. He's, he's played well. I mean, to be able to hold on to Mercer to me was a game changer.
0: Yeah, they, I don't think they were. Like I said, I don't think Tommy Fitzgerald was ever going to include Mercer in that deal. I mean, these deals, when you look at them, Don, over the years, and we've been talking about hockey and hockey trades for a long time now. It's usually when the when a seller is in, you know, they're in a distressed situation. I mean, yeah, I guess they could keep you Meyer in San Jose, but you know, they need to kind of change the mix there. They have some contracts they really can't move. Use one if they can. They would have to Q O them at ten million for next year. They would have to commit to him for a longer-term contract to keep him. They already have some tricky contracts there, so they're trying to kind of reshuffle and rebuild. So when teams see that, you know, they're not going to offer your best prospect to, to, to you. I mean, it's just simple as that. I mean, what you end up with is the package of things. I think in this case, if Sharks fans really look at it, I think they ended up doing okay. They get uh, Fabian Zellin, who's a, a player that can play for them. They get uh, Michael McGuillin, who, uh, and I don't have no idea if I'm saying his name correctly, but he was a first-round draft pick. right? He's a guy that's on the move that doesn't really have a place with the Devils moving forward, at least right now, because they've got Luke Hughes as a left-shot defenseman coming, who's kind of ahead of him, right? So it's an that the Devils can afford to move. Um, and they got a couple other pieces in there, guys who could come in and be players for them, and they got draft picks. So, you know, for San Jose, they got a lot of things. They obviously gave up the best asset in the deal, in Timu Meyer was a really good player, and has got a really good fit for the Devils, and will, I think, at some point sign a longer-term deal to stay in New Jersey. So I think in the end, it'll work out for both teams. The Devils are a team that's coming on now, and Meyer fits in their, their window, and for San Jose, I mean, that was probably the best offer they received for, uh, you know, in terms of quantity of uh, of assets in return, and then probably quality, too, for, for Meyer. So, you know, Sharks fans will be disappointed. They wanted a bigger name in there, but, but just not the way it worked in most cases. I think they did as good as they were going to do.
1: And do you have any kind of indication if the Devils would be in the running to re-sign him?
0: I think they would be. I mean, Claude Lemieux is his agent, the former, former devil, former NHL player, right? So fans are very familiar with Claude Lemieux. And he's been in the agent game. I think you, you know how Claude Lemieux was as a player. I think he's probably similar in a competitive nature as an agent. He worked hard for his clients. Uh, last year around this time, he, uh, he is the agent of uh, Happers Lindholm. Last year around this time, the Boston Bruins acquired Happers Lindholm. In a similar type deal, he went on only a few days later to sign a long-term contract extension with Boston Bruins. So might be a little bit more complicated here. Meyer's contract is, is, would be a little more significant. But I think at the end of the day, I think there's a really good chance that Timo Meyer really wants to be a New Jersey Devil. And so I think in the end, both Tommy Fitzgerald and, and Carson you. Uh, the agent will make it work, and, and he will sign long-term, whether that happens tomorrow or whether it happens two months from now or a year from now. I'm not right. 100% certain, but I do think that the plan is for C.U. Meyer to stay at Devil for a long
1: time. All right, and now we shift a little bit uh, lower in the Metropolitan Division, and that's the saga with the Rangers. Very interesting <laughs> couple of days, to say the least. Uh, they got to play 11-7. Yeah. and seven. And then I don't remember ever seeing in my life, and obviously this would be post-salary cap, EJ, players dressing beyond the bench and not playing. I've seen players pulled, plenty of players pulled and not play because they might get dealt. But have you ever remembered players actually suiting up on the bench and not playing?
0: I, I know it has happened on a couple of occasions. I don't recall the circumstances. But it's all... Part of the salary cap gymnastics that the Rangers are going through to acquire Patrick Kane, which will happen later in the week, just a matter of when the the cap dollars all make sense and they're able to be compliant. So there's a lot of different scenarios Seen to play out with uh, paper transactions now. Schneider and I I think it was Carpenter. Yes, now, Ryan Carpenter. Play down there, and you know, part of the problem, part of this thing and I'm not 100% clear on this, but, it is, but I think you, maybe you'll be able to correct me because you were watching things unfold yesterday. The problem for the Rangers is that those players, if they were to get hurt, they couldn't be sent down. Right. So that's why they didn't want to play them in a the game. And so, again, it's it's all tied to the cap gymnastics and the cap you know, game that has gone on here in the last several days. And it's, uh, you know, talking to we've... Uh, Mark Levine works for Puckpedia. He's the creator of Puckpedia, one of the sites that tracks contracts and salary cap uh, status. He does a great job. He's come on our show, and, you know, he said last week when he was on our show, if the Rangers wave with vision, he goes, that's a sign that the wheels are... And, that's, and, you know, in the same... And then if they decide to do something with Kraft's office, it's the same thing. And those things happen. And once those things went into place, then you, know, you make phone calls, you find out. I and mean, it's pretty... Uh, I mean, 99.9% certain that Patrick Kane is going to be a rager. Until it's right. done, it's never done, so I never want to say 100%, but, I mean, it would be going through a lot of hoops for nothing if it doesn't happen. And getting a third team involved to pick up, uh, you know, half of the half, sort of speak, or what would be 25% of what's remaining on Kane's deal will not be that difficult to do because Kane's contract is such that there, there are not as many real dollars left on his contract. So... Uh, there will be someone that will come along and be happy to make that will be part of the deal and probably get like a fourth round uh, mm-hmm. pick in return for doing so. And like I said, Patrick Kane will be in New York Ranger almost certainly by you know Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, somewhere in there.
1: Yeah, people were asking on social media. Uh, it, you are not circumventing the cap by having them be on the bench. They're on the bench. They're on the bench. So, so there was no yeah. like taking the cap hit away. It's just that, like you said, Braden Schneider takes a puck to the face, gets a concussion, can't be sent down to Hartford. That's the thing that they were really concerned about. And the thing that's interesting, yeah. EJ, they were really up against it because then Keandre Miller spits towards Drew Doughty, takes a game misconduct. They're playing with four defensemen for over two periods. If somebody else had gotten hurt, you know, Gallant said he, he he really did not want to have to play him. Um, Carpenter ended up playing 13 seconds after coming out of the box, serving the major for for Miller. But it would have been interesting yeah, if another defenseman had gone down or had been thrown out of the game. He might have had no choice but to play Schneider at that point.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, it was a fascinating. Uh, it was a fasci- It's been a fascinating week to watch all this unfold because it is. Uh, it's not something we're used to seeing. And some will say, you know, is this, you know, is this really good for the game? I mean, listen, the rules are the rules. And everybody tries to work within them, and they make them, you know, it's salary cap lead. These are difficult sometimes. I think it's kind of fascinating, and I think it has been kind of fun to watch and, and, and see it play out. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily rub me the wrong way. No. It's mean, just my opinion. It's just, it's just the rules. And it's, like I said, it's been given us, us a lot to kind of digest. And to understand, and reminds those, you know, ten-year-old, twelve-year-old hockey fans in their math class today. Study, do your, you know, listen, pay attention, because this math—you wonder when you're a little kid, what is this going to do for me in life? Right. <laughs> it, could do, it could do a lot. It could do a lot. Then I, I would be much better off today. I <laughs> the math that goes into these things, but at any rate, it's, uh, it is fascinating. And that was a crazy game. And you're right. That happened with Miller was uh, obviously completely unexpected. Um, You know, Savadogad got hit with that shot. You didn't know what was going to happen with him. He could have been lost for the game. I mean, it it was kind of a really a very strange, uh, even the start time, right at five o'clock on a Sunday. Not, not something that happens all the time. So the whole thing was was really kind of crazy and. You know, we'll have to wait now to see what happens with Miller. I would suspect he's going to get suspended because, although I, you know, my opinion watching it was, I think he had a brain cramp. Yes. I don't think there was intent there. That's my opinion. Because everyone sees a different lens, and everybody will have a different opinion, I'm sure. If you're a Kings fan, if you're a Ranger fan, you have a different opinion. My opinion is, it looked to me that he just had a brain cramp, and... You know, guys just sometimes, they, sometimes they just spit during games. That's
1: no, they do, and they,
0: they don't. But they, but, but it's, and I think that he just had a brain cramp, and that happened. And it was, it, it's like at the end of the day, you can't do it. So I expect he's going to get suspended, and maybe for three games, because that seems to be what we've seen in the past. Time will tell, but. Well,
1: you could see by his reaction how devastated he was by it. Probably a combination of embarrassment and also how shorthanded the Rangers were going to be the rest of the way. Now, he tweeted out today, actually just moments ago, we're doing this right now at 12.16 Eastern. This was tweeted at 12.09. I wanted to take a moment to address what occurred in last night's game. I have all the respect in the world for Drew Doughty, and what happened was completely accidental. I would never intend to do something like that on purpose. It goes against everything I am as a person and player. I felt awful about it, and I am thankful Drew gave me the opportunity to apologize and explain myself in person after the game. Now, whether that's enough to absolve him of any further discipline, but that kind of jives with what we both felt, that it was an accident, just something that was not intentional at all, but still, I guess you still have to pay the piper at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I get the sense that you do. I mean, because it is something, whether it's intentional or not, that happened, And it's uh, it's a line you can't cross. And so, even if it is accidental. So, I will see what the league decides to do. I suspect he will be suspended, but you know, I, I believe Keandre Miller, and uh, you know, I'm glad Drew Doughty's. You know, you know, Keandre mentioned Drew Doughty was willing, you know, to, to hear him out because you know, listen, something like that happens, you may not want to hear anything from the, from the other person. And to be honest with you, I mean, Drew Doughty, I thought he had tremendous restraint in the game, yeah, because uh, that is not something that usually people take too kindly to in any walk of life. So, uh, you know, in the end. Uh, We'll see how it plays out, but I do be suspended, but we'll see.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
0: Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
1: All right, so it looks like Kane's going to come here. Now, where do you think they put Kane? Because you can make the case you put him on the top line, because I don't think Jimmy VC really fits with Kreider and Zavanajad, Or are you tempted to have him play with Mott and Gaudreau and round out four really solid lines to attack in the postseason?
0: Listen, they're gonna. They're, if once this happens, they're gonna be able to juggle and, and see what works. For me, I'm putting with uh on the other side. i would probably move Karasenko around. I'm moving Jimmy B C to the fourth line, and that's the way I'm starting it. And then just let time take its course and see how things go and see how people fit. But that's what I would do if I was. You know, if I was working, I mean, we've already seen, I mean, lines change, Johnny, you do the games. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you see how it goes. I mean, uh, you start out with a line for two shifts, and all of a sudden now it shifts to something else. So, uh, these guys are pretty pretty pliable that way, but I'm starting and I'm getting Kane with Panarin and moving from there.
1: And I know Tarasenko, he had that first goal against Seattle. He's only had a couple of goals, but I think people need to catch you give him a bit of a break. He had spent his entire career in St. Louis. It's going to be an adjustment for him. And if you go back to when Martin St. Louis was acquired back in 2014, I think he had like what was it? Eight, nine points in like 17, 18 games to close out the regular season and he ended up being a beast in the postseason. So I wouldn't be overly concerned about Tarasenko. Would you?
0: Yeah, it, take, it takes time. I mean, he's yeah, there's the adrenaline of the first night and those first couple of games, but that's worn off a little bit now, and now the focus is on, you know, the day-to-day and, you know, the veteran player who, you know, he can score goals. He's got a great shot. I mean, there's going to be times he's going to get opportunities in important games, and he's going to finish, and that's what you're hoping for if you're a Ranger fan. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the, the only negative. I mean, that, I mean, there's always negatives in everything, right? I mean, some of the negatives here me are like there's not a lot of time for this, for these guys all to come together, right? And get that you know become you know mesh as a team with the guys that are currently there because these are big time players, they're big personalities, they're, they command ice time, right? So that will be the challenge too for Gerard Gallant to to kind of make sure that the you know the guys get their time and see what situations he puts people in. I mean, got to, it's a good problem to have. But in all sports, Johnny, we've seen this many, many times, right? Where you make big acquisitions at a deadline, and, you know, more often than not, it doesn't work out. There's only one team wins a championship, right? Yeah. So more often than not, it doesn't. But I think it doesn't mean you don't do it, because you're always trying to get your team out. I mean, this is exciting for the New York Rangers. They have a hell of a roster. To add another piece, like Patrick Kane, it slides as you mentioned, Jimmy V team to a spot that I think, really, when you think about a championship roster... That's where Jimmy Vesey would be. And Jimmy Vesey's been really good this year, and he's a really smart player. And I think he understands the pecking order, and I think he'll be a good good player in that role. So, see you how know, things play out. I mean, it'll be fascinating to watch. It'll be exciting to watch. As a hockey, you know, someone who covers the game and as a hockey fan, I'm, these kind of things are always exciting to see how they play out. And Patrick Kane is just a, he's a world-class talent. We've seen him in the last couple of weeks and I think he got a little tick personally that, you know, people were, were doubting his abilities and uh, he put on yeah. a show over the last couple of games that he played in Chicago. So, he'll eventually be here a couple more days and then we'll, they will have about, what, six weeks, 20 games or so to get him kind of, uh, you know, find his way with this new group. But I'm excited to watch just as a hockey fan. So, uh, the eastern conference boy it's uh it's an arms race right now so we'll no it, it, so, but it's gonna be fun
1: yeah i mean I, I you know you look at all these teams you know with with 66 64 points although i guess washington's tapping out right with the deals that they've made i think they they realize uh, with only- mean,
0: you you they are right in terms of like they've traded some really important assets well listen, they, they they beat the Rangers on Saturday. They, I mean, did. they got they got tied up in a in a thon with Buffalo the other day and lost. But I mean I'm not ruling anybody out who's you know, points wise they're still in. The Capitals still have some really competitive guys. They got a couple of good goalies. I mean they're 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 challenged on defense, but who's not who's to say they don't go out and use some of their assets and bring in Jake Chick- Chickren? And all of a sudden they and, and maybe they're a little bit more competitive defensively down the stretch, cause that's the hole for them right now. So, we'll see how it plays out, but, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, until you're out, you're in. In this, in this race, and, True. Uh, you know, between the Islanders, and the Penguins, and the you know, the Sabres and the Red Wings and the Panthers. And, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a heck of a race down the yeah, road.
1: I guess you never know, right? I mean, you're a Yankee fan. You remember they, they yeah. sold off all their assets in 2016. Next thing you know, they're back in, in the race again. I mean, it's not a crazy thought, mm-hmm. but, you know, I was talking to a lot of the people Uh, in Washington Uh, John Walton one of them the radio play-by-play voice and condolences go out to him he lost his brother in a plane crash over the weekend I I think the day of the game Saturday and might have been during the game because he had not said anything to me before the game but condolences go out to him he's a tremendous guy and a tremendous talent but he was saying that they only had 12 guys under contract going into the season, and there's a lot of really interesting assets still left on this team. Jensen is somebody I'm sure teams would love to be able to pick up. He's a he's a top-tier defenseman for the Capitals and you know a lot of other players too. So I, I personally think it would be a mistake to not do that because I don't think this is going to go anywhere. But at the same time, yeah. if they get a feel for something and what's a wide-open Eastern Conference outside of Boston, I guess you can't fault them for trying. We'll see.
0: Yeah, you know what I would just say this, Donnie, is anything that, that Brian McClellan does, he's not going into a total rebuild there, right? He's got Ovechkin, he's got Backstrom, he's got Wilson, uh, he's got Kuznetsov, he's got a number of good players. Like, and while Ovechkin's there, they're going to try to be a very competitive team. I think he's looked at it, he's been a lot of injuries this year, there's been some underperformance, there have been guys who, like, Backstrom missed the whole half year. He's still rounding his way back into things. I think, like, in a place like, a a guy like Jacob Chickren, you know, he could come in for a team like Washington or Pittsburgh, where their their window is short, he's on a really good contract, and he can be a real helpful player for them Mm -hmm. in the prime of his career for the next couple of years on a, you know, like I said, on a good deal. So, that's what's appealing about doing something like that, but to your point, I think, you know, yeah, like if there's a good, if there's a good offer for Lars Eller, they'll probably take it, you know, if there's yeah. a really good offer for Jensen, maybe they take it. Trevor Van Riemsak has had a really good year for yep. them on defense as a right shot fee so you know, he may want to keep some of those guys, but I think if there's, if there's good offers, he'll move them, just like I say, if he can find a younger player that's got a good deal, that's on term, like a chicken, might go in for that too.
1: Yeah, Eller's really struggled. I think he's only got one point in the calendar year of 2023. Hasn't scored a goal since, I think it was December 27th against the Rangers, but he wins faceoffs. He's kind of like that perfect postseason player that you can use uh, on a a fourth line, so it'll be interesting. Um, What's not really interesting is really anybody outside of the teams that are already in the West. I mean, Nashville already sent uh, Janot to Tampa, so it looks like they're selling off pieces. And how about... uh, now how about a little change at the general manager position for the first time in franchise history. Um, Boyle's going to step down and retire at the end of the year and it looks like Barry Trotz is jumping in. I guess this was the plan on, you know, exiting the Islanders after all or did this kind of develop uh, over the last uh, year or so.
0: Well, I mean, unless, you know, unless they want to tell us, I mean, it's hard <laughs> to know when it started, right? right? I mean, but I I'm going to I'm going to say this is something that developed over time. I don't think it was a grand plan, I just think it's, you know, like, you know, Barry had a lot of personal things that went on with him over the last, you know, 12 months with his parents, I think, I believe both of his parents passed away, at least one of them, and, uh, you know, he ended up moving out of coaching, and he wasn't sure, he talked about maybe coming back into coaching, but he definitely voiced his thoughts about maybe being in a management role. And uh, he lives down there, he's been a part of that, he was a part of that franchise right from the start, he's a beloved guy down there, I and mean, he's a smart hockey guy, so um, that makes some sense for sure. The timing of the announcement by Katie Boyle is a little weird, though, I mean, like the week of the trade deadline. <laughs> right. I mean, the GM's meetings are coming up in two weeks, that could have been a time to make that announcement, but nonetheless, it is what it is, and he's having a press conference I think as we speak, You know, Barry, you know, David has had an unbelievable career, a long career as a general manager in this league, and uh, so we congratulate him on that, and uh, I assume he's going to still kind of be around that organization, maybe in some kind of advisory role. And uh, for Barry, it's a wonderful opportunity, and he's a great human being, and you wish him nothing but the best. They got some challenges there, although they did get quite a haul of drafting for, uh, as you know. I mean, you would not expect... That kind of return is kind of draft compensation for a player like that. But Saturday Lightning, they're trying to win now. They, their window is still open. Their goalie is 28. You know, Vasilevsky seems like he's been around forever. He's just 28. You know, Kucherov is 29. Point is 26. Hedman looks like he could play till he's 40. He's only in his, what, mid-30s at, at best. Right. So uh, Sam Coast in a similar situation. So, you know, they're, they're trying to, to win as long as they can. And, you know, bring the heaviness to their group. They probably look at, you know, playing Toronto and playing Boston, obviously, yeah. doing it. like if they're on a path again to another final, and uh, they wanted to add that heaviness, and, uh, you know, when the time comes for Tampa Bay to pay the piper down the road when things start to go the other way, they'll be able to move some of their assets to recoup some of those draft picks, so, you know, people look at it and they, they shake their head because it was an awful lot to give up, but... I'm willing to bet on Julian Brisbois and those guys as guys who yes. really understand what it takes to win. And uh, like I said, when the time comes, if they have to down the road, they'll trade some of those assets and get those. They'll try to restock the cupboard at that time.
1: All right, buddy. I know you got to run. Thanks for a couple of minutes. And I guess if we get a chance to talk to you next Monday, the deadline will be over, and we'll know who's where, and ah. just can get stick our head and get ready for the playoffs.
0: Yes, I think I can only I can only uh, work today on my show for 90 minutes because of cap considerations. So no okay, no, I understand that. that makes sense. Probably won't work, but yeah. you know, I'll see what I can come
1: up with. I plan on dressing Hi, on the Michael K. Did show, but I'm not going to say anything.
0: Always good to dress. I'm
1: yeah, dress. That, that, and everybody knows that's virtually impossible. EJ, thanks, man. Enjoy your week. Yeah. that's the great EJ Raddick and he's going to be busy Friday is the deadline although a lot of pieces being moved before then rumors Carlson may not go anywhere in San Jose Uh, still some pieces that still have to be moved and still can be significant it's only a kick
0: a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run
1: we were talking about the western conference calgary still mathematically alive four points back of uh seattle for the final wild card um and also they sit right now six points back edmonton for third place in the pacific division just not playing well just three wins in their last 10 um nashville of course uh, on the outside looking in as well selling off pieces so it looks like we have our eight teams in the western conference however uh, the separation between the best team in the Western Conference Vegas with seventy six points and the eighth seed the second wild card in Seattle with seventy points is only six points. so any of the teams in the playoffs can either win their division or end up as the last wild card so even though we may not have much as far as um, jockeying for making the playoffs in the West, uh, all eight of those teams can be shuffled quite a bit. But uh, then the outside, Buffalo, Detroit, Florida, Washington, Ottawa is seven points out of a playoff spot, so still st- technically still alive. So there's a lot of teams that still are fancying themselves as playoff teams. I still like the position Buffalo's in. They sit one point back at Pittsburgh for that final playoff spot with the game in hand. Buffalo's won three in a row. Detroit cooled off a bit with their loss over the weekend, but they are three points back also with a game in hand on Pittsburgh. Florida sits three points back, although they've played 61 games, so they've got a lot of work. Islanders, give them credit, played a little bit better recently, had a big shutout win over Winnipeg yesterday, 4 nothing. Varlamov made 23 saves. Horvat scored shorthanded, so the Islanders with 69 points. They've played 63 games, though, so they'll be sitting around watching some teams catch up with them, but they've grown their uh, plus uh, goal differential to nine. So they're looking uh, pretty good there. So I think the Islanders are going to find a way to be able to get in the playoffs. Pittsburgh making a huge statement with their 7-3 win over the Lightning yesterday. Um, Seattle slowing down just a bit as the Maple Leafs clobber them 5-1. How about Kaprizov? Natural hat trick and a 3-2 win in overtime over the Blue Jackets. Kaprizov becomes just the fifth player in the history of the NHL to have a natural hat trick in which the hat trick goal came in overtime to win the game, so pretty good stuff there. uh Taking a look at the games we have tonight, there are five of them, but all you know pretty significant. The Red Wings in Ottawa to take on the Senators, so they can climb back into the playoff race. Uh, the Boston Bruins just continue to march forward, six straight wins. Things are going so well for Boston. Their goaltender scored a goal over the weekend, uh Allmark into the empty net. But Edmonton has been red hot, and boy, Connor McDavid has just been special. 48 goals to lead the league, 113 points to lead the league. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Possibly a Stanley Cup uh, preview. Uh, Vancouver is at Dallas. Dallas wants to fend off uh, the Tide there in the Central Division, the Golden Knights and Avalanche. That should be a fun game at 9 o'clock. And then uh, the Blackhawks and the Ducks. Ducks have actually played pretty well as of late, but those are just a couple of Sol rans and what pieces will be sent off before it is all said and done. So... Looks like it's just a matter of time. Keep your eye on your phone when the Patrick Kane deal can come down. Rangers catch a bit of a break. They don't play until Wednesday in Philadelphia for a 730 faceoff. I'll have the call with Dave Maloney on that one. So it could happen today. Could happen tomorrow. Uh, Kane, at last check, was in Chicago. He was in San Jose over the weekend. Flew home in anticipation of a deal being made. There's really nothing else that can happen here. It's just a matter of, as EJ said, working out that third team that can take some of the salary away to make it fit, and they're going to try to take all the time they need. You hope it's going to be sooner than later um, so that we can get a chance to see them. Rangers play Thursday at home against Ottawa, and then they play Saturday in Boston against the Bruins. Those are their three games this week, but they do have two more games before the deadline. So they've got 22 games left So if they waited until Friday to make the deal, then you're down to just 20 games. And not really much the Rangers can do at this point, as we've talked about on the show before. We're kind of landlocked with the Devils and the Rangers playing in the first round. Devils with 83 points. 59 games played. The Rangers have 77 with 60 games played. So the Rangers are six points back of the Devils, and the Devils have a game in hand. The Devils have to go out west. They've got Colorado coming up, and I just gave you the Rangers schedule this week. So, still a possibility to catch the Devils and get home ice advantage, but Uh, They're not, I don't think, going to get caught by the Islanders, who have 69 points. they got an eight-point lead there with three games in hand. So the Rangers are not in any kind of desperate sorts as far as the standings are concerned, other than wanting to get home ice in the first round of the playoffs. But I don't think uh, they'll, they'll just wait it out. They've got until Friday, and I guess it's possible this could take until Friday, although you hope just selfishly as somebody who covers the Rangers to be able to get Kane in that game against Philadelphia on Wednesday. And that game's on TNT, too, so I'm sure they'd be pretty excited to be able to uh, have uh, Patrick Kane make his debut in Philadelphia. And it may be Patrick Kane's greatest moment as a professional came in Philadelphia with that big overtime goal in Game 6 against the Philadelphia Flyers in the 2010 Stanley Cup Final. So there'll be some irony there as well. As it looks like Patrick Kane era in Chicago is coming to an end. Kind of sad, though, too. You know, when you look at uh, Keith is gone, Seabrook is gone, and now uh, Kane's going to be a Ranger, and uh, it looks like Jonathan Taves playing in his final year with Chicago, an end of an era for sure, but it was a nice run, guess you can't be too upset, got three Stanley Cups with that group, and looks like it's going to be officially coming to an end uh, by the end of this year, so... We'll be back on Wednesday. I'll do the um, game misconduct from Philadelphia, um, or maybe I'll do it before I leave. Either way, we'll, we'll work it out, and we'll have, hopefully, a little bit of resolution on Kane's situation, any more trades to come down, and we'll also spend some time with you on fr- on uh, Wednesday with um, the social media on Twitter and at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. So we will speak again on Wednesday. Thanks to EJ Raddick. Thanks to Anthony Pusick. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct.
0: The this is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.